what I want to talk about tonight, Reggie, is making apologies. Now, this sounds like a very, very simple thing. Yeah, it, does, it? it really does. I mean, it is a basic social skill. You and I train people to facilitate social skills. We train people in the use of social skills. And one of the social skills that you and I train people in is the skill of apologizing. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe some people might just say they're listening and say, well, well, that's simple enough. Why in the world would you have to train people how to apologize? Well, what would your granddaddy tell you? Uh, common sense ain't so common. Common sense ain't common. Right. So some people just don't know how to apologize. And we see this in the media all the time from our uh, quote unquote leaders, which maybe we'll circle back to that. I need we need to put some of these people leaders and just call them what they are, politicians. Um, at any rate, we see some people don't know how to apologize. So just to put things into context here, good starting point. Let's get on the same page. Here's the definition of apologizing from a curriculum that Reggie and I make a living training other people in. All right. So apologizing is a way to tell another person or a group of people that you are sorry for or regret something that you did, said or made happen. There's a lot, there's a lot of comments in there that that definition of the way that sentence is structured is not the easiest thing to digest. But but we've got a smart audience so they wouldn't be listening to small talk. You all get the idea. Way to tell another person or group of people that you're sorry for or regret something that you did said or made happen. Now, we don't think that it's enough to just tell people, I'm sorry, uh, or, or just to say to someone, hey, you know what you need to do? You need to start apologizing to people when you do things wrong. No, we actually put steps to social skills. And since yeah. apologizing is a social skill, it actually has some steps to follow. And um, Reggie, turn that phone off, man. Cedric and you are going back and forth. I'm hearing all that dinging. That ain't me dinging. Oh. All right. I, I, so anyway, here's the steps of apologizing. If you were to make a good apology, this is what it might sound like. First step, now this is going to happen in your head. All right, this step. Decide if it would be best for you to apologize for something that you said or did. Now, you got to decide whether it's going to be best, right? Because it may not be the best thing for you to say, I'm sorry. Sometimes you do something, you just need to leave it alone. Leave well enough alone. Especially if the person's still heated about something that you did, said, or made happen. All right, step number two is think of different ways that you could apologize. So... Uh, there's plenty of ways to apologize. You you could uh, do that face to face. You could maybe do that over a text message, or email, or you think about the words that you use, right? So I might I might owe Reggie an apology for something, but it's not that big of a deal. So I might be, hey man, my bad. Like that would be like the lowest level of apology to me, Reggie. My bad, verbally, and then like go all the way up maybe to the top end if I really felt like I offended you. It was a real serious thing. I might just say, man, look, I sincerely apologize. I don't know. It might sound like that. All right, step number three. Choose the best time and place to apologize. Well, well that's important. All right. Uh, and finally, once you've done all that thinking, you've decided if it would be best. You've decided, yeah, it is. You've thought of the appropriate way to do it. You've decided when, when's the best time and place. At that point, you go ahead and you make it. 
your apology? Well, uh, I don't think we're particularly good at apologizing. Just even our culture. And I think that that generally goes back to just people not wanting to take responsibility or, or accountability for what they've done. Um, people feel so justified in what they have done that sometimes I think they just assume that the other person has misunderstood or has taken them wrong. And then you end up with stupid apologies that sound like, I'm sorry you took it that way. Yeah. Right. That's not an apology. That's that's patronizing. And that's basically telling someone that they are stupid and they don't have the wherewithal to interpret your true intent, which, mm. of course, was clean as the wind driven snow in Minneapolis. Right. Yeah. And so people just don't, I don't know, self-preservation, not, not, not wanting to admit they're wrong or, or whatever. And, uh, and so Cedric asked, well, what does what, what Biden have to do with this? So I'm watching the, the, the news this morning, and it's all about Biden's making this apology. Well, I, Reggie, I was so proud of myself. This weekend, long weekend, man, I didn't watch the news. Really? I didn't watch it. I had no I had no idea. I got up this morning uh, about seven o'clock. I finally turned on the television and I'm just okay, what's the news of the day? I have no idea what's going on. So I see this uh Biden apology, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're familiar with this story. Is that no, no, I didn't watch the news either. Oh, you didn't either. Well, good for you, man. So Joe Biden was on the Breakfast Club. With mm-hmm. Charlemagne the God. Yeah. Hey, man, and hats off to him, man. I mean, calling himself Charlemagne the God. I mean, that's just, I think that's fantastic. I mean, Reggie, you took one look at my website and you called me arrogant. <laughs> this, guy, this guy's got some stones to be calling himself Charlemagne the God. I, I personally, I'm not mad at him. I can appreciate it. I think it's funny as heck. So what does what does Biden say? He basically said that let me, I want to get this quote now. I, I've, I've got this. Okay, here it is. He said on the Breakfast Club, "If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or for Trump, then you ain't black." Mm. And I love the fact that immediately, by the way, Charlemagne, the God, said. Hey, man, this ain't got nothing to do with Trump. Got nothing to do with Trump, which which I thought was fantastic on his part. Mm. And uh, so then Trump, that gives uh, ammunition to Trump's team, right? So Trump's re-election team uh, jumped on that comment, called it racist, and uh, called it demeaning to black <laughs> voters. Which, by the way, honestly, I would just, I would just, I would just let just, – just some free advice from the Trump campaign. Let black voters decide whether that's racist or demeaning. You, you don't need to get out there and try to convince them that it is. Let, let them go ahead and figure that out for themselves. That's the pot in the kettle, man. That's the pot in the kettle, for real. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah, it, may, it very well may be. So, so what happens? Well, he's got to apologize now, right? So mm-hmm. apparently, I didn't, I didn't know this. I mean, why would I need to? There is a U.S. Black Chamber of Commerce. And they're having a call uh, amongst uh, what I'm guessing are probably major black 
business leaders in, in America. And uh, Mr. Biden ends up on this call. And apparently this was not really a scheduled thing, but he ends up on there. And he said that he should not have been so, quote, cavalier. Now I remember. Yeah, I did see that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. He should not have been so cavalier with his comments. And uh, no one, he said, no one should have to vote for any party based on race or religion or background. Uh, he also said, I know that the comments have come on like I was taking the African-American vote for granted, but nothing could be further from the truth. I've never done that, and I've earned it every time I've run. I was making the point that I've never taken, I've never taken the vote for granted. Okay, so let me tell you what I think happened. Regardless of whether his comments were racist or not, I think it was racist to this extent. I'm going to come back to the racial spectrum, the Prince George racial spectrum that you and I put together. Yeah. I think that this was racist in that when you watch the video, and I hope you will, Biden's like throwing his hands up like, come on, man. Like, okay, so anytime Joe Biden is talking to someone who's black and he's like, Come on, man. Come on. That is, that is tantamount to Hillary Clinton changing her her voice. I no ways tired. You know, remember that nonsense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's racist, at least to that extent. I am so tired of watching white people change up their voice, the words they use. Like, honest to God, I've watched these white politicians like use grammar that they normally would not use when talking to, to black voters and whatnot or black members of the media. Because I think that they just believe that uh, black people have bad grammar or something like that. So they just like dumb it down when they're talking to black people, which is they keep it real. They keep it real. Oh, yeah. They're keeping it real. Like it is it is just it is ridiculous to me. Um, I mean, anytime that oh, and then I love how in his initial comment he says, "Then you ain't black." Of course, when he comes over here to his apology, he ain't talking black no more. Now it's African American. Uh, that's just something that stands out to me as well. I think that's very yeah. interesting. Um, I basically just always say black. It's just what I do: black and white and whatever. And just is what it is. Uh, but he's switching it up and, uh, and he makes these stupid comments like no one should have to, to vote for any party based on their race, religion or background. Well, no kidding. No kidding. What, what, thank you, Mr. Biden, for your permission for us to just vote our conscience. We appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that he speaks this way. Uh, I don't care if he does. Go ahead. Do more of it. it it's, Free country. Say what you want to say. Make yourself look like a fool because I don't want him to be president anyway. I think he's just going to go to sleep on the job. I mean, I don't know. Wait to see who he's got as a running mate because that's probably who is actually going to be president eventually. But this, this guy goes back to let's go back to 2006 where he says you you can't walk into a, a Dunkin Donuts in Delaware without a slight Indian accent. It's true, man. It's true. That's what he said. Um. 
Uh, I love it when he called uh, Biden or, or uh, Obama, like, what do you say, a mainstream African-American articulate guy. You know, it's like a, it's like a dream, man. It's like a, uh, it's a storybook, man. He's a clean, nice looking guy. And then, uh, and then he told a black audience that Mitt Romney was going to put him back in chains. Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney is not putting anybody in chains. It's unbelievable. That guy's milk toast as milk toast gets. All right, we're here. It's That's a, all right. So listen here. I just want to bring it home. I want to hear what you have to think Joe Biden did not apologize. I'm tired of the media saying he apologized. The man did not apologize by coming out and just telling this dumb stuff that we already know and just backpedaling. Can we just call it that? He's just backpedaling. I'll be fine with that. But as a guy that's out there trying to teach people how to apologize, that's not an apology. Do we not know how to apologize anymore? No, we don't. That's not it. And you say anymore. I don't think we ever did. <laughs> most people. So let's, let's fall back. All the way back to the apology steps. Well, most people tend to insert a step five. Right? Like that, that, that it, we know that there's four steps. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. So just, to re, just to recap, because I want this all to be it's been a minute since you brought it up. No, no, no. Decide if it would be best for you to apologize. Think of different yeah. ways you could apologize. Choose the best time. Make your apology. Reggie, tell us what the number five is that people have. Explain why you did it. Right. So many people need that step five. But when you do that, it completely cancels out everything you did before, right? I mean, you said it earlier, the whole idea of sometimes you don't even need to apologize, right? Just kind of move on. Well, if you've taken the time to decide that you should in the best time, why do you need to explain yourself? I just had a situation this morning where somebody brought something up to me that was so outlandish, bro, they made my jaw drop, for real. And so in that moment, I literally thought about, I swear, this is not just because of the night. When you brought, when you sent me that message, said we're going to talk about this tonight, I just started laughing because I just had this conversation at eight o'clock this morning. I listened to the person earnestly and they were going through this, what I thought to be the most outlandish stuff I ever heard in my life. I realized in the middle of that, they're still in pain. Like no matter what my intention was, their perception was something altogether different. And a lot of times intention and perceptions are billions of miles apart, right? So I thought, I think I'm. I, I think I should apologize for for what this person perceived from me. Rather than explaining myself, though, I thought you know I could you know I can just wait till later and then just bring it up. But no, I, I, I could send him a text message. But then I realized, nope, it's best to do it face to face, and it's best to do it as soon as I get an opening to do so. Right? I wasn't gonna cut them off. I'm just gonna wait. And right as I got that open, I say, I am sorry for blank blank blank. And cut it off. Didn't say nothing else. And that ended that conversation. Because I didn't justify it. They didn't. That it was validating to them about the position that they had taken. And I didn't have to go any further. If I'd have said, I'm sorry, but really, or I'm sorry, yada, 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 right? So that's the first thing. Stop adding the fifth step and the sixth step and all the rest of it, which is what Biden did. Cedric pointed out a little while ago, it's not an apology when somebody makes you. It's not. And yet, because you can't do step one. Right. Somebody did step one for you when you when you forced to give an apology. But the thing is, in our current climate, if something bad happens and if you don't disavow it, if you're in a position of like if you have a public forum, if you don't disavow it, which I'm still I need to look that word up. I'm going to be honest with you. And if you don't um, 
like condemn it or and if you don't apologize for something that you might have done, then you'll be put upon. You'll be like you'll be lambasted for as long as it takes for you to finally bend the knee and make that apology. And yet, what does that apology do for anybody? That apology has no value whatsoever. But yet, there's many people in our society on both sides, on all sides of the aisle, who require that contrition, that it's not sincere. I'll tell you exactly what you want to hear and put a somber look on my face. Just you'll shut up. And I'll go back to doing exactly what I needed to do, what I wanted to do in the first place. That's the main thing behind that, all right? And then, so to switch over to Biden, and just the whole idea, <clears throat> we, we often equate demonstrative behavior, um, you know, loud, vo vocal, um, you know, inarticulate speech and things like that. We always uh, equate that to acting black. And I won't actually, would you agree? I can tell you that that is kind of the norm, right? That when, when you see, and like in our spectrum, the person who mimics black people, we talked about this, they mimic what is considered to be the worst stereotypes as if that's what being black is. Can I share with you something? Sure. Black ain't got a monopoly on ignorance. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm telling you right now, I grew up in Vicksburg, Mississippi. There were people, uh, really black and white folks, and not too many other folks of different races, but there was white folks who were just as demonstrative, just as vo just loud and obnoxious and couldn't, conjugate a verb if their parents' life relied on it. You understand me? So they were inarticulate just as much. But yet somehow, well, somehow, we over time, that has been like the, the lack of like class, grace, um, just the, the ability to communicate effectively has been removed from like everybody else's lane and it's been exclusively tied into us. So for Joe to act black and even to describe it as acting black, is you actually co-signing the idea that 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 demonstrative, boisterous, loud, abrasive, inarticulate thing is exclusively for black people. So even put that label on it means that you're putting that that, that you're making that our thing. And I'm gonna tell you, I, I always like to ask questions, but I won't. I know plenty of folks outside of the melanated. <laughs> who are just as capable or incapable of certain behaviors, if that makes sense to you. So that it just frustrates me that one, he would even think that he needed to do that. And two, that immediately, and I'm not trying to label anybody, do with that what you will. You, I mean, uh, whatever floats your boat make my sail when it's coming to this. But I want you, everybody who's watching to think about this. The idea that those abrasive, crazy, wild, Ignorant behaviors are acting black means that you attribute that to black folks. But we don't have a monopoly on that. <laughs> Many other people do. That was the main thing I wanted to get to. And yeah, you, I didn't want to cut you off in your rant. So, well, that's my. Um, yeah, dude. So, there's a couple different things I guess I've got to, I, I want to clarify. So, the fact that and that wasn't about you. I got to cut you off. That was not about you. I'm talking about in general, the media. Because I do remember watching the story on Monday. Because they made that the Memorial Day kind of kind of run. And that's why I ended up turning the TV off, or at least turning it away from news. So I wasn't talking about you. Yeah. I mean, I'm feeding that toward the media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we put that in our, uh, in our racial spectrum 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and if people are wondering what we're talking about, racial spectrum, because that was more than a few shows ago, it is on the small talk page, I believe, it's loaded up there. And if not, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know, I heard someone today on their podcast, national podcast, asking how do we how do we even define racism these days? And I thought Reggie and I have the answer. At least we have a um, a starting point. Uh, so it would be it would be really fun to get that out uh, into the system a little bit more and have more discussion about it. But but there's a there's some history here, Reggie. So like if I say I think Joe Biden is trying to act black, uh, I'm not necessarily saying that. My perception is that this is how black people are. It pisses me off because I believe that he believes this is how black people are. Yes. And it pisses me off that he's he's switching up and going into that mode because what he's doing is just being manipulative. It's, yeah. it's Hillary Clinton with her changing her her voice when she's in a black church, and Hillary Clinton when she's sitting down. Yes, when she's sitting down with that uh, that on that radio show talking about I've got hot sauce in my bag. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, you don't have no hot sauce in your bag. That's where, you know what, and they even said something to the effect of. Are you trying to get the black road or something like that? Remember that? And she said, is it working? <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. Uh, I guess God is on point when he says, I don't care about all that. Show me your policies. You can run your mouth all day. But if you he, if you was, just- he was on point with that, I do believe that. I mean, he even so I wrote this down. I because I, I listened to uh, a clip of him talking to Joy Reid mm-hmm. on uh, Joyless in the AM uh, on MSNBC News. Joyless, um, she what he said? He said something like, uh, "What he wants to see is was it okay? He wants to see a black woman in the Supreme Court. I guess Biden may have committed to that already." Mm. A black woman to the Supreme Court. Uh, he wants economic justice. He wants a black woman running mate. And uh, and I like this. He said, I don't care about your words. I, I need to see a black agenda. Mm. I, I just appreciate that honestly. I do. Yeah, I really do. Um, okay, so uh, I guess the frustrating thing to me is there's a lot of economic numbers before COVID-19 to, uh, to to bear out that things are better for everyone. Let's not even break it down racially for everyone in the economy <clears throat> that we had beforehand, uh, before COVID-19. Now, some people are going to say, you know, well, that's because Obama got the ball rolling. Well, as a guy with a business degree, I'm going to – I'm going to shoot that down really quick. And then after I shoot that down with some facts and someone's going to be in the feelings, I'm not talking about you, Reggie. We, we had this conversation with other people. Uh, someone's going to be in their feelings really quick because they won't be able to answer those facts. Um, well, I, 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 I can speak to a, a little bit of alternative to that because it, on paper, we all look better. We all were doing better. But, we also know from facts that people in several, especially in, in major cities, that a livable wage went beyond. Like here in Minneapolis, I remember it used to be about twelve fifty as a livable wage for an uh, individual. And I think close to seventeen fifty for um, for a family, right? 
So what I mean, but you know what I mean by livable wage, um, basically enough to survive, not just exist, but like have uh, uh, enough to just a little bit more than just existing in the place that you are. Well, during that same time frame, and I, I just read this about a week ago, the a significant number of Americans, especially the ones that were kind of really impacted through this COVID shutdown, they were working more than one job to be able to reach the livable wage because the livable wage in many metro areas went well beyond what it was prior to Buddy getting in the office. Now, if there's a correlation, I, I'm not blaming Trump for that. I, don't, I ain't got nothing to do with that. I think that just greedy folks saw an opportunity to make more money because people were making more money, so they kept raising prices. But it, it there's raw evidence to support that we were doing better, but we were working harder to do better, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I hear we're, three jobs to be able to hit that livable wage. Now in rural areas, not so much, maybe. But in metro areas, significantly, the cost of living went up like leaps and bounds. And now uh, who knows what the ratio was, but that living better, being able to pay my bills, in a lot of places, people had to work two and three jobs to be able to pay their bills. And here's the thing, Reggie, there's so many facets to that. I know that you could make a very good argument for maybe the starting point, or at least close to the starting point of that issue being in, let's say the education system, right? Like, so there's so many facets to that whole issue. Yeah. So, so I don't wanna, I don't wanna just, I think it's way too simplistic sometimes to just say, well, look at the economy, Trump. Look at the economy, Obama. Yeah. There's just a lot of key factors that play into that. Um, I wish I knew because I was looking down my papers there. I wish I knew what Cedric was talking about when he said uh, it's a uh, I got a black friend syndrome. Therefore, <laughs> I have to say what I want. Maybe, maybe he can clarify exactly what he was saying. You know, uh, and I'm not texting him. I'll show you after the show. I've been getting alerts because we're under a tornado warning. Oh, so, yeah. Until 8 p.m., which is 11 minutes from now. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my baby ain't home either. And they're killing black folks out there. I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just saying a lot of anger going on here. Yeah, but, uh, if, you're, uh, if you're new to small talk, go back into the uh, archives there and listen to the show. The planet is trying to kill us. It is indeed trying to kill us right now. There's tornado warnings in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. Real. Okay, so let me just throw this at, at you, Reggie. Um, so Biden, let's just say Biden does not know how to apologize appropriately. No, he has messed up the four steps of apologizing for sure. Now, let's go to the orange man now. Okay, let's go to these uh, his his uh, his rival here, Donald Trump. When's the last time you've ever heard Donald Trump apologize? I I was just thinking he he don't care about now one of the steps for real. I think he's invented a new social skill, which is I don't give a damn. Okay. I'm going to do what I want. And I got to tell you, so this guy, he is not going to apologize. Okay. And uh, so what do I do? Do I go with a quote unquote leader, quote unquote leader, who doesn't know how to apologize, who really someone else has decided that he needs to so he's just going to follow along what they say. and He's going to get out in the media and make some stupid, half-hearted explanation. It's not even an apology. 
and call that an apology? Or do I want to go with the guy who's going to do what he wants to do and he's going to offer no apologies for it? I'm telling you right now, the American people, if it were just this one issue, which is obviously it's not, or if it was just we were voting on this one personality trade, if we put this in a vacuum, I think the American people by and large are going to go with the guy who's going to do what he's got to do policy-wise, whatever he decides he's going to do, and he's going to offer no apologies. Like we romanticize about that. Like people have the conviction and do what you want to do and offer no apologies. Somewhere right now in someone's feed on Facebook, they probably have memes that uh, that, that are contradictory of one another. You know, one about be real nice and, and, and um, you know, never offend anyone. And if you do, make sure you're quick to offer an apology. And then somewhere else in their feed, there's grab life by the horns. Do what it is that you want to do with your life. It doesn't matter what anyone says. Offer no apologies. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's take Biden and Trump out of this because we're not trying to get a presidential endorsement here tonight uh, from, from either one of us. But uh, but which which mode of being, Reggie, do you think is uh, is better? It's not optimal, by the way. Let's let's not say that it's just. But which <laughs> which one is better? Uh, I'd say the former. So that's perceived as weakness, though. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That the whole idea, because I, I, I harken back to a job I had as a supervisor. And I remember going in there and I thought, with my subordinates, with my direct reports, I'm going to be as direct, as transparent as possible. There was one time where I, I was the scheduler, too. I, I scheduled someone, and they had clearly told me they couldn't work. But I messed up where when I, when I was taking my notes, right, and I put the wrong thing under the wrong person, I scheduled them anyway. And then they ended up not showing for the shift. So that the intermittent person didn't show for the shift would cause a full-time person to get forced. And so I was sitting there, and I saw the guy, and I went up to him, and I said, man, I'm sorry. That was a complete oversight on my part. I actually stuck around myself because I had to do some paperwork and stuff to probably about 7, 38, and I, I'd ordered myself a pizza. I used to love Domino's deep dish, uh, that pan, right, with no cheese. I mean, with number cheese, no salt. Anyway, the fat man talks about food. But anyway, I ordered it, and then I called him up. I actually sent somebody down to relieve him. And I had him eat with me because I, I just felt horrible because I knew that wasn't my intention. And I wasn't trying to necessarily make it up to him. I just, I, I, I knew he was stuck and had to eat yet another facility meal, right? And it was because of me. So I, I, we're in the meeting. We did this meeting weekly. And I, I remember they were talking about it. And the superintendent brought up that I had done that. And I said, yes, sir, I did. And I didn't say it with pride. I didn't say it with shame. I just said it as a, as, as a fact. I did that. And he said, we never admit when we're wrong, ever. And I literally said, and, and I, I realized later, my buddy told me in a meek, kind of sheepish voice, then how will I learn? Right? Like, I mean, how, how, how can I expect like a, a, a relationship? Well, if you can't apologize, then it's very clear that you are very self-serving. And in, in a lot of ways, I want that in my presence. I do. But I also need some humility in that something too. You know what I mean? So that uh, when the hard decision is made, 
like in the movies where we got to bomb Los Angeles because we can't get the yada, yada, yada out there. I, I'd like my president to at least do like the movie guy and be a little hesitant, right? If that happened to Donald J. Trump, he's like, what a button that? What, what y'all, what you even ask me for, man? Get, get him out of there. Make it move. You know what I mean? And so that, I, I think the, the, the maybe a combination of the two. There's no, there's no value in extremes. So I'll go with that. Is that an option for me? To yeah, combine? right. That's why I said not neither one of them are, are optimal. That's for sure. But yeah. it does. And listen, people are not going to make, they're going to forget about this in a week. Most people have already forgot about it. Most people didn't even see it because it was on a, uh, on Memorial Day weekend. So it, doesn't, yeah. it's, it's, it, just, it just highlights just how, how terrible we are about apologizing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The two, the two guys that are vying for the most powerful position in the world, one can't apologize, which, honest God, I'd rather, I would rather that than a guy who has people saying, hey, man, you know, you need to apologize for this and let me craft a little statement for you to go read somewhere on a phone call with the black chamber of commerce. You know, let's, let's find the appropriate venue for you to offer this. So I guess they're doing the right, the step three, choose the right time and place. I guess they did. <laughs> I guess they did. That's, that's, that's what they came up with. That's what they came up with. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's it. Oh yeah, let's go back to that, Reggie. Let's, let's just work that out real, real quick. So, step number one: decide whether it'd be best for you to apologize. Well, okay. So we can say that that one was done by the the campaign manager. Yes. Okay. No, 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 no. That one was done by the offended. Right. That that, that was done by the, the the response from social media and and yeah. everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. And let's be honest, probably who the real person was that said, you got, Joe, you got to do this. It's probably his wife. Yeah. Probably Jill. All right. So let's just say number one was not done by him. It was done by Jill, the campaign manager, or all the lefties out there like, hey, man, you're the great white hope in this whole thing. Uh, we got to get rid of orange man. So you got to do something here. Don't 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 upset the base. <laughs> and uh, and then think of different ways you could apologize um, well, he thought about that, and ultimately, it seems to me, he, he decided to not even give an apology. He just wanted to go out and tell everybody he doesn't take their vote for, for granted, which he definitely, here's a dude who should not take the black vote for granted, any type of minority vote for granted, because every time you turn around, this guy's making, uh, comments about, uh, minorities, uh, that are not flattering, let's just say. And we won't take a real deep dive into all of his, um, segregation as buddies that he had when he first started you know, down this road of, yeah, yeah. of politics. That That's way too much for us. But hey, you could get your Google degree in Joe Biden segregationist friends. Have at it. <laughs> and then uh, choose the best time and place. Well, he chose the U.S. Chamber of Commerce on a telephone call he just busts into. And um, and I wonder what that sounded like, right? Half of those people probably thought Joe was actually trying to, to call Hunter Biden or something and dial the wrong numbers since he has dementia and ended up, ended up on the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, black U.S. Chamber of Commerce call. And then make your apology. Well, he didn't decide to do that. He just excused 
his nonsense is what he did. So uh, epic fail, Joe. Epic fail. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So so what do we take from this? Well, well, the four steps we've talked about tonight. That's really the way you make an apology. And then I would go. I'd say even Reggie, when you make your apologies, you say to someone, "I'm sorry. I won't do it again. And will you forgive me?" Hmm. I, I like the first two steps. Of the last one, I think for me is is more of a reason. I I, I like. I'm sorry. And step the next part of it: be specific about what you did or said, right? Mm -hmm. Name it, call it out, and then I, I can take. Will you forgive me? Because that is that, that that's asking for grace. Because it takes a little humility to apologize. It really does. I, I learned from that guy in that one training. I mean, not training, but in, in that meeting, you got to be. You got to have some level of confidence and humility to want to apologize or be willing to apologize to someone else. Or, or you know, maybe even at a minimum, Reggie, just say, listen, you know, I'm not proud of that and I want to do better. Oh, I like that. I would, that, that I would even take that, you know, I, I, uh, I, I really want to do better. You know, one, one of my mentors, let's, let's just call it, and I have a hard time calling him a mentor, honestly, much older than me and, but he just seemed like more of a friend than anything. But I guess when it's all said and done, he was a mentor to me. He was in Korea, the Korean War. And he I remember him saying to me, it'd be interesting to see if he was still alive during all this COVID-19. He said to me, George, uh, I'm not proud of it, but I just can't trust people that, that are Asian. Mm. He said because He said because they shot at me. They tried to kill me. And, um, but here's the thing that just stuck with me. And I've said this so many times in describing my own positions on things. I've said, I'm not proud of it. I'm really not proud of this thought that I have or feeling that I have or I'm not proud of what I've done. I know that I'm might still be susceptible or at risk of doing it again or doing something else that's stupid, but but I want you to know I'm not proud of it. And I think that that goes a long way sometimes, to at least to just say, listen, I'm sorry. This is what I did. Hey, this other thing that you're accusing me of, I can't apologize for that because because I really don't think I'm at fault for that. So I'm not even going to patronize you or insult your intelligence by apologizing for something I don't feel like I can even apologize for. I'm not going to do that. But this over here, I can own that, and I'm sorry. And uh, and I'm not proud of myself, and, and I really want to do better. And if I if I can commit to it, then I would say that I I'm going to commit to doing better. And if it's someone that's close to me, uh, uh, you know, my wife, my children, family members, good friends, I might even ask them to help me do better. Mm. I think that's an apology. I like that. I, I can hold fast to that. For real. You about to get? I'm about to have company here. Hold on. You see this one? Oh yeah, I'm in the wrong direction. Say hello to Mr. Sawyer. It's just me and the dogs right now, and so I'm sorry. All the looking down and stuff. It's him bringing me toys, and you know, it's, it's always interesting. You and I, I didn't, I didn't say anything about it, but uh, what last week we log on, I had a black shirt on, you had a white shirt on. That was kind of yeah. fun. I got brown dogs, you've got white dogs. <laughs> I don't know. 
Hey, it's for those people who say, I don't see color or color doesn't matter. Yeah, you do. You see it in everything. It's just whether or not you make it an issue, you lying joker. Yeah. Trump is attacking me. All right. Well, listen, we're going to uh, we're going to wrap it up. I do appreciate everyone listening in tonight uh, on Facebook Live and and uh, appreciate you downloading this podcast if you've done so. Uh, Reggie, I don't know. Here's a strategy I'm taking like this weekend. Yesterday had family over here. I was I was just grabbing phones, downloading the podcast, and giving a five star rating. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's I, I, a great strategy. So if you like small talk and you're in the presence of others, just hey, let me buy your phone real quick. Let's get you uh, subscribed and give our brothers here a, a five star rating. We appreciate it. Yeah, we, we we deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. I still hold fast to the fact that we have contributed more good. In what fifteen episodes here? I think tonight's number fifteen. Maybe we have contributed more good in fifteen episodes to the world than uh, what the view ever has. <laughs> I agree. Yes, sir. All right. So uh, join us again on Thursday night, eight o'clock. Uh, we'll be right here. We always love it when you guys log in and join us live and give us your comments. Appreciate it, Cedric. Cedric gets the gold star tonight. Cedric had all kinds of good comments for us tonight. I love. Big it. Up. I love it. So yes, I got to talk to Cedric. We, uh, maybe we, maybe we ought to have him on the show one time. This is always what I'm thinking, right? When people are. Uh, Make it happen. Huh? Make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever I see folks that comment a lot, I think they should be on. All right. Hey, go to uh, smalltalk.tv. Uh, appreciate you listening. Told a group today they were asking me about this uh, Rotary Club. And I say, yeah, we just decided to start a podcast, you know, talk about uh, racism and, and politics and, and religion, you know, real safe stuff. That's what we do here. <laughs> so, all right, everyone. Till next time. Thanks for listening.